With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Branded raw materials warrant a premium over conventional fibers due to rarity, demand, and name recognition. But despite this luxury positioning, industry buyers continue to seek out discounts. Will supply chain challenges change this mentality and usher in a seller's market for fibers? Or will nickel and diming remain the norm? I'm Edward Hertzman, founder and president of Sourcing Journal, and joining me to discuss raw material pricing is Mark Lukowitz, president and CEO of Supima, the American Pima Cotton Organization. Welcome again, Mark. Hi, Eddie. Pleasure to be here, and thanks for hosting this session. So cotton prices recently hit a 10-year high. How has Supima's pricing trajectory compared to the rest of the cotton industry? Uh, interesting question, Eddie. Um, prices have been kind of a pretty volatile over the last two years relative to the pandemic. The price for American Pima doesn't correlate directly with upland cotton. The markets are quite a bit different. So ELS cottons trade on their own trajectory, so to speak, relative to market valuations. And one could normally say that there's within a range of 50 to 100% premium for true ELS cottons over regular cotton. But there's volatility and variability from year to year, really depends on production, uh, availability, supply and demand. Um, and then you know there's always the challenges now that we see specifically with delivery and the logistics issues. So while we've seen the price for Upland cotton in the last year, two years increased from somewhere around 60 cents per pound to now around $1.40 per pound. American Pima has recovered from historically low levels where it uh, cratered down to $1 a pound and is now trading around $3.50 per pound on a CNFRE basis. So Mark, traditionally, how would you describe industry buyers' attitudes and behavior in the cotton market? What are the positive and negative trends you've seen and what could stand to change in raw material buying practices? Eddie, there is always a continuation of challenges relative to costs in sourcing. And historically, you know, since the beginning of time in terms of textiles, pressure on price has always been one of the biggest driving factors and that will never change. You know, the consideration of what a product will cost uh, is going to be a function of the costs that are incurred in terms of the sourcing of the ingredients and the processing of that product, as well as the intent of the brand relative to the price points that they want to set for their product. But what we've seen here in the last two years, especially with the pandemic, is a lot more elasticity in what the prices are that will be tolerated within the supply chain as well as the identity of what prices are relative to what is being offered to the consumer. We've seen brands that have raised prices 50 to 100% or more in terms of the market, and yet the demand that they're seeing still seems to be matching the expectations of 
what those products were selling at prior to those price changes. So in terms of a conversation, I think there needs to be greater flexibility and understanding as to the intent and purpose of a price squeeze relative to the outcomes, especially when it comes to responsible messaging, including things like sustainability, uh, fiber origin, uh, verification, improving you know, uh, processes. You know, a lot of these asks that are being made relative to responsible uh, products and the production of those products require support. So when we talk about price, the prices that we used to see in the past aren't going to be viable anymore. So Supima has always represented a small portion of total cotton production around the globe, but now a combination of supply chain constraints, droughts, and smaller crop sizes have made this fiber even rarer. What does this mean for the growers and ginners as they seek to sell Supima cotton? From a grower and a ginner standpoint, you need certain amount of capacity to make it viable and, and functional relative to running and operating a gin. Our production has dropped from 800, over 800,000 bales four years ago to approximately 400,000 bales this coming year. Production last year was only around 330,000 bales which was the smallest we've seen in many decades. The challenges are not easy because all the costs are going up, water is more expensive, less availability of water, drought situation, chemicals are more expensive, insurance is more expensive, labor is more expensive, tractors and equipment, uh, tires, everything is more expensive. When that gets factored into the supply chain and the logistics challenges you know, with shipping and everything else, all of that increases the cost. But what is driving the sustainability of those programs and even the adoption of the higher prices for that product is the authenticity that really comes full circle relative to the product. So even with the prices going up and setting new records, we found greater stability at these higher price levels than we've seen in quite some time. The biggest challenge to the market, obviously, is volatility. Quick increases or quick decreases in price really provide a challenge for the brand and retailers in terms of scaling and adjusting their programs and prices relative to the products that they're carrying. If we have stability and we have a program that is built around consistent ongoing prices and more of a balancing of all the challenges that we see in the marketplace, we're entering an opportunity for a little bit more of comfort for the entire supply chain. So Mark, how would you say Supima as an organization is working to back up American Pima cotton's pricing power? And how are you educating the market about the value of this fiber and why it is worth a premium cost? So the pricing power is not something new that we're doing. It's really foundational built upon uh, the history of the organization. We've been around since 1954 and really started getting into the branding and promotion work around the fiber in the 1980s. It's those relationships that we've built with the supply chain and the brands and retailers around the quality and the history of the fiber that has really already paved the groundwork and the foundation. More importantly, the efforts that Supima as an organization in terms of su supporting and stabilizing the value of the fiber is really stemmed around the authenticity and traceability research and efforts that we've done for the past dozen years. And in the last four years, specifically working with Oratane to have true authentication of the fiber back to the point of origin. 
which is the first time you can have an ELS cotton in the supply chain where you can prove where the cotton comes from. So Mark, uh, I know everyone listening wants, wants me to ask you this question. So if you look in your crystal ball, please, what is the outlook for cotton pricing in the next year? Is it up? Is it down? Is it flat? And why do you expect this outcome? So number one, if I had a crystal ball, I'd probably be retired because that would be a great insightful tool to have. Um, frankly, nobody knows what's going to happen with price. But if you look at the current market situation and you look at where we are today, if we don't see any significant um, substantial changes with regards to logistics and supply chain, that there'll be continued uh, restrictions and constraints in terms of moving goods around the world, that we still potentially have outbreaks you know, in some regional areas relative to production capacities. All of that would seem to foretell more uh, of the same than what we've seen in the last two years in terms of just some ongoing challenges that should pretend to stabilization of prices, you know, because we've seen already a significant momentum in terms of increases of prices. If everything stabilizes around these levels, then we would expect that there should be some stability in the market that can adapt and accept the challenges relative to sourcing, which means there's going to have to be a little bit smarter sourcing a little bit better planning. There might be a little bit more localization of sourcing. If we're able to function in the current framework that we're operating in, I wouldn't expect, and I don't see from the conversations we're having with other brands, retailers, other manufacturers, that they see additional increasing price pressures that would further disrupt price sourcing mechanisms in the marketplace from where we are today. So Mark, I, I certainly hope you're right and that uh, we do see some stabilization in the market. But um, unfortunately, you know, raw material uh, headwinds is one of the many challenges and obstacles this industry is dealing with. And I believe they're going to continue to deal with for the foreseeable future. And uh, I'm really excited to see you in a few weeks at our sustainability event in New York. Um, I know we have some difficult topics we're going to tackle as we all race to achieve our 2030 uh, sustainability goals. So look forward to seeing you there. And as always, uh, thank you for your time and for your insights. Yeah, I look forward to Eddie and it's going to be an exciting conversation. I uh, look forward to uh, having an opportunity to visit with everybody as well and engage and, and deepen our understanding a little bit more of those challenges that are being faced and, and finding solutions to be responsible. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Eddie. Good seeing you. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.